Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Paul Gallant. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. that trigger you there, Blankers? Joe's trying to get under your skin. Just the first or Spencer, time. I mean. He's definitely Spencer that, that just, said that. Just the first time. Sorry, only one of us has made Fox News. Suck it. It's true. Yeah. What, what's next? Newsmax? Yeah. <laughs> well, give me a show with Alex Jones. Just I give don't you... give a damn. I'll sell out. How do you just give me the about, money. How do you feel about Sandy Hook? <laughs> <laughs> He's blank on Branham. Paul's here with us. That got awkward in a hurry. <laughs> he brought up Alex Jones. I was Jones. trying to think of something, and I was like, yeah, no. Uh, no. There's just, no, I don't no. know. Yeah, no matter what you came up with, it's probably best you did what you did. I was in Connecticut, so. <laughs> you know what I like to do about politics? I don't like politics. I, I, I'm not a big, like, whatever side of the aisle. You know what I like to do with politics? Though? I like to mock it. Mm. I like to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. I do, too, uh, and I love negative political ads, and I'm kind of <laughs> bummed out that we uh, don't have any for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the biggest part of that is, as long as you try and be funny with it, but you don't attack one side or the other, because no matter both. what, the minute you attack one side, even if you're just making a joke to be funny, you're going to have just a whole hate storm. Oh, no way. doubt. Just, just attack both. It's fun. That's, that's the thing. Attack yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> South Park. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. So... Aggie Matz saw a video of Kenyon Green welcoming the Aggies to Houston for their bowl game. He's so out of shape, large, uh, doubting a better line next year. I didn't. I didn't see that. That's not great. Uh, going to be a baldy break. But how's this push off the snap? Because yeah. you know, if he's larger and can carry the weight forward, it might be better than he's been. I think you could have a decent offensive line next year without Kenyon Green, without any additions. Where are you going to play Scruggs at center? He, he and Patterson can figure it out. Okay. Like, they're your left guard, they're your yeah, center. Yeah. Like, if you're not counting on Kenyon Green, you're not counting on additions, it's Tunsil, it's Patterson, Scruggs, and whatever configuration at left guard and center. It's Shaq Mason, and it's Titus Howard. Like, that. that's the most optimistic offensive line you can have yeah. without adding anything. You've spent a lot of money on it. I, I think you got to roll into next year expecting this to figure itself out. But at the same time, yeah, it's getting to the point with Kenyon Green Due to injuries, is it his fault? Is it not his fault? Whatever the case, you're not expecting much out of a guy that was pretty highly touted and obviously drafted pretty early. Well, but you and the thing is, the guys you spent the majority of the money on, if you just assume that they're going to be healthy to start the year, and you, I mean, no one knows if they're going, to, they can stay healthy. You got those three guys, and then you drafted very well this year, and we were questioning at the start about a guy drafted in the sixth round being capable of starting at center, and he did it until he got hurt and actually did, looked like he was getting better from week to week. And Juice Scruggs has the ability to play both positions, and you drafted him really high. You can roll with that line no matter what. It's just a shame that you drafted, a, you wasted a pick, to Paul's point, that high on a guy that looks that bad. Yeah, it, it might go down as one of, one of Casario's worst draft picks. Quite frankly, the thing that sucks about the draft is you're going to miss a lot. I, I think I, I don't get mad about draft picks because I really do think with these first round picks, like you're going to miss on just as many as you hit, and you just hope that you get a ridiculous draft class once. And if that ridiculous draft class stays with you, then hey, you might get a Super Bowl out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think that because the, the knock on Rick Smith was anybody can draft a first round pick and get it right, and he he normally hit on his first round picks where he struggled mightily, where his middle round picks from his from the third yeah. on where he just basically never could get a guy that would stick and be a starter or even a, a reliable piece of the puzzle. Drafting is hard. I hate to have the lame take on that front. Yeah, see, I, I disagree. I don't think drafting in the first no, round is all that hard. Yeah, I, I'm saying you can get it right in the first round. The real good general managers, talent evaluators, 
get it right second, third, fourth round. But I think if you're basing what you do in a draft off of the mock evaluations of guys like Lance Zerline, who obviously put a lot of work in, still at the end of the day, a lot of these evaluations, no matter how much effort and sure. time thought is put into it, a lot of them end up being wrong. I agree with that. I don't like. I feel like we as a football society put way too much stock in the mock drafts and not in the actual NFL draft. Like these are the these guys have their jobs yeah. on the line with their draft picks. It means more to them than anything like the Cole Strange pick. Oh my goodness, the Bill Belichick took Cole Strange. Sorry, like do you believe Bill Belichick more or Lance Erline more? Sorry, like, but I, I trust the general managers more than I do the collective body of mock drafters. But I do think it is much easier, obviously, to draft in the first round than I do in the fourth. I'm not going to hold the mock drafts against them. It's more about hit rate. Like, because you can compare yourselves relative to other general managers. GMA has a list of 10 first rounders over the last 10 years, and he's 9 for 10 versus GMB, who's 3 for 10. Obviously, GMA is way better. And I think if you look at the first round of the NFL draft for the last 10 years, most of, most of the first rounders are good players. I think, though, very often that a lot of first round picks end up getting blame for where they were taken in the draft sometimes there were reaches other times maybe it was just bad evaluation by everybody involved and ultimately i think expectations for first round picks are generally ridiculous they're not all going to be all pros they're not all going to be pro bowlers at some point you're just looking for a guy who's going to be on your team who's playing the majority of games over the four years on his contract five years if they pick up the player option and i actually went back when i was in seattle and i did a couple of articles on this and essentially you're lucky if you end up getting that that guy who's going to be starting for you. Like it's around fifty percent of the time you would be getting a player who just plays in, the, I, in that many games for you. But that's where you win and lose in the NFL. Like oh, yeah, I, no I, I, I'm not, I'm not a dis- like I'm not hard. disagreeing with what you're saying. But that's where you, that's where the margins are in the NFL. Yeah. That's the difference between winning and losing. See, that's the thing too, because the old school general manager types would tell you that more times than not, whether you're a, a you know your your staff has been evaluating or the the Lance Airlines of the world are evaluating, there's a couple of guys that really stand out. And so it depends on what like if you're taking a guard that high, there's a couple of guys that really stand out that people can talent evaluate. But when you look at it and you figure out teams that are really earning their money, and Ron Wolf did this, a, a, a lot of guys have done this really well over the course of history in the NFL. But when you can turn your second, third, fourth round picks into viable starters in this league, you are winning over a lot, a lot of your competition and a lot yeah. of your peers. You got to find guys in the middle of the draft. I mean, I'll say this: I mean, it does seem like of late that Nick Aseri has found some guys. Nico Collins, uh, Tank, Tank Dell, right? I mean, they're, well, they're the two guys we thought about were actually great picks last year: Petrie and Pierce. Systematically, maybe with with uh, Pierce, mm. but Petrie falling off. You maybe look he was at a high say, second, though. Yeah, I mean, he was still take. You're right, but I'm saying from a from like a from a Pierce perspective, you're like, you know what? That was a great find. Now it's like, well, he doesn't fit. But it's Tip not saying turner, he's a bad on. football player. But when you start finding starters that middle in those middle rounds, that's when you start saving money yeah. on the cap and you could do more things financially. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Paul, in for nobody, he's just here uh, with the Killer Bees <laughs> today. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, I thought, showed some stubbornness uh, the other day. Uh, I'm a believer in following your best corner to the other team's best receiver, and I understand. Like, Mike McDaniel had a quote uh, yesterday because they didn't do it with CeeDee Lamb, a game that they won. They didn't do it against CeeDee Lamb, and Mike McDaniel's quote was, well, we don't want to tip our hand defensively. What we do is, you know, we're, we're trying to disguise what we're doing, and we feel that if we're flipping the corner, we're giving away what we're doing, which I call BS on. Why can't you flip the corner and then play zone? Like, it's not a very difficult, like, thought like you can easily do that and now you're like in the opposite to what Mike McDaniel said if you're just stubborn like D'Amico Ryans and you refuse to play your corner on the other side of the field to match up with the other team's best receiver even if you're playing in zone well now you're tipping your hand on where your corner is going to be if Derek Stingley's lining up to the quarterback's right every single snap you're tipping your hand on where he's going to be. So I, I, in general, don't like the idea of just keeping your corner in one spot, especially when the other team has a clear-cut number one receiver. If you have, like, two receivers that are equal, okay. Like, I'm not going to put up a whole a big fight about that. But we saw it on Sunday with Amari Cooper going off on his way to being the Offensive Player of the Week. And D'Amico Ryans was asked by DJ Enemy after the game, well, have you put much thought in Derek Stingley following the best receiver of the other team around the field? No, that's, that's not what we do. When we talk about following guys, it's not a matter of following him. It's a matter of guys playing the covers well. We got a guy double team, and he still catches the ball, and that's a problem. We got to play ball better. 
It was kind of a shot at Jalen Petrie, by the way. But I hate that idea. And D'Amico actually, for one series, went away from this because he had D'Angelo Ross on the field. He didn't want Ross to get burned again by Amari, which he did the previous drive oh, for gosh. a touchdown. That was so and for bad. one series, while Nelson was off the field as well, he actually used Stingley on the opposite side. First time I've seen him do it all year. I do not like D'Amico Ryan's stubbornness here. No, it's not who we are. Okay, so you're not going to do what's in the best interest of your team winning because it's just not what you do. Yeah, you got to put your ego What do we hear about the best coaches all the time? That they put their team and players in the best position to win. You're not doing that in that situation against Cleveland. It drove me crazy hearing this. Yeah, now now that you're in a better position than you were in the last several years, but but to make the to illustrate the point, if you had Darrell Revis on a really bad Jets team, and, and you just said, I'm so hell-bent on Darrell Revis staying on the right side of the football field that I'm going to give up 27 points to the receiver on the other side of the, the field because my corner sucks. But I'm hell-bent on saying that Darrell Revis is staying on the right side. That could be con- considered stubborn. The the verbal stubbornness is Jeremy's issue here, right? Well, his actions, too, because he, he does he this do as it. well. He did it one series. Well, one series. But did. is that enough? Nope. No. No, it's not. He did go away from it for that one series, one series, for what it's worth. After they got burned for an 80-yard touchdown. Here's the thing with the guys at the press conferences. They lie all the time. Sure. So there might be some reflection here where D'Amico does look at this as a possibility going forward. I mean, I don't know the specifics of what led to the Texans shutting DeAndre Hopkins down the week before in Nashville. But I would assume, based off of a couple of the highlights I remember, that it had to do with Derek Stingley being around DeAndre Hopkins a lot. Maybe they feel like he's not a great matchup for Hopkins for for Cooper versus Hopkins. Um, I, I'm not trying to explain sure. it away for him here. I, I, it's more one of these things where if if they learn from this going forward, good, and, and that's what I'm hoping for. I, I hope that as well because the, I agree with you at the press conference. Like to me, you can't buy you can't put a whole lot of stock in whatever a coach is saying in a press conference. I saw somebody today post something about Matthew Burke's comments about Jalen Petrie. Burke called Jalen Petrie a good player and he's doing good things. Then why was he benched? Like people were people were like, "Hey, look what Burke said. Look what Burke said. This is a testament to Jalen Petrie." Then why was he benched? Like give me actions over words. So I agree with you on the whole press conference thing, but the action was that he used Stingley one series while Nelson was off the field, and then as soon as Nelson came back on the field, he flipped him back and did his normal thing. So I put more stock in what D'Amico is doing defensively. He doesn't move Derek Stingley around unless it's a rare situation where his top corner is off the field, and he's having to use D'Angelo Ross, who's getting burned by Amari Cooper, and then Jalen Petrie's not doing a very good job either on his way to being benched as well. If the best option for this team is to like move Stingley, is to travel Stingley around with the other team's best receiver, then do that. Put Put your team in the best position to have success. Don't have this stubbornness of, well, that's not who we are. Because saying that means that you're not willing to do what is in the right, best interest of the team because of your stubbornness. Well, and, and the thing is, what's Mike Zimmer, what, 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 longtime coach with the Vikings and the Bengals, he was that guy too. Because all the time, I remember Mike Zimmer saying when he had lockdown corners, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to move them around. And now when you talk about today's NFL and how pass-happy and how prevalent the wide receivers are, the contracts are now astronomical as well, and, and, and your number one, your wide receiver one, has become the, one of the premier, next to the quarterback, the premier offensive player in a lot of teams' offenses. The fact that you are so hell-bent on not putting your best option to stop option one is ludicrous when you think about trying to win football games. As the uh, we, we we joked around at the start of the show, you know, winning in the NFL is tough, guys. Well, you know what? It's a lot tougher when you let your ego get in the way of your defensive philosophies and don't put a lockdown corner on the wide receiver one. That's all all world. And look, football is a very simple game. I, I know a lot of people want to overcomplicate it and stuff, but if one guy is just killing you, I don't know. Change your plan, maybe. Yeah. For more than one series. He did for one series. That's the part that like drove me crazy, too. And then like Nelson comes back in. And I, I, Nelson's obviously way better than D'Angelo Ross, but is he close enough to Derek Stingley where you're going to abandon what I think is the best plan? And the counterpoint's going to be, well, you don't want to disguise what you're doing defensively. You can flip the package and still play zone. Not That's that right. complicated of a thing. It's not like why can why can Derek Stingley lines up to the left side of the defense? If you're looking back from like the behind the defense camera, Derek Stingley lines up to the left side every single snap. You can't flip it and put him on the right, Nelson on the left, and play zone out of that. Absolutely, you can't. Can, can we look at this from a different perspective? Take it out of take it to a different different position group. How many times when an NFL right edge rusher it, it, back in the day 
and you were like, how are we going to stop him rushing all, all day on the right side? Well, when offenses started to line up on the right side and get another uh, a fullback and, and, and add blockers to the scheme, now what do defensive, uh, defensive coordinators do? They move their best pass rushers around the defensive line. J.J. Watt moved all the time. That's how you become you stay ahead of the game as a coordinator. Yeah. As a coordinator defensively, you should be able to say, well, look, if he's, if he's killing us, if Cooper's the guy that's killing us, why don't we just put our best corner on him the whole game? Could this be a side effect of D'Amico? The head coach also calling the defense being overextended. Is this something where a Matt Burke is supposed to? I don't think so. Step in. I don't think. I think it's more philosophy. I think this is a decision you're making way before game day. If we're getting killed by their team's top receiver, we're just going to continue doing what we do. We're going to continue to pound our head against the wall because this is who we are. I, I think it's the decision you think. And if it's not a decision you think about before game day, that's another issue because this should be a decision you make before you ever step on the field. And this is this is probably to, to, to your second Lord and Savior. This goes to the whole Belichick philosophy. I'm going to take the best player on the offense. Out of the game plan. Well, if the best player, obviously, when you're looking at the fact that you got Flacco at quarterback, no whatever's Chubb. left in him, you, you don't have Chubb in the backfield. You, I, I don't think any Jeremy, you might be able to, but I'm, I'm just saying, rattling off the second best receiver for the for the Browns might be a challenge for most people. But if you're the defense, you go, hey, look, if we stop Cooper and Flacco's big arm is the big thing that he's got going for him, well, we're already ahead of the game. Why aren't we just doing that? Yeah. It sounds so obvious, right? Are we smarter than an NFL coach? It's just a little stubbornness, and I didn't like seeing that from Domingo. No, Mike Florio is. Nah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get to Florio later. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener. Paul's one, Paul, one of his favorite players that he's ever covered in the NFL is Russell Wilson. They spent some time together <laughs> from his favorite in, te- well, in Seattle. Favorite team. Uh, it looks like the, uh, the Broncos are going to get rid of him. Uh, which team would, would rather have the bigger redo? The Browns trading for Watson. The Broncos trading for Russ, and we'll call our shot too. Who is uh, who's le- who's being led next year by Russ Wilson as the quarterback? It's the Killer Bees and Paul on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Paul, too. Paul's here. Uh, 6167, you guys got to understand, he's a first-year coach doing a fine job, too. First and foremost, the team is buying his ethics and morals. Not calling defensive plays for the first time. Like, he did this last year. And granted, last year they had the best defense in the entire NFL. So maybe he does deserve some benefit of the doubt there. But it's not the first time calling plays. What he's done as a head coach, completely agree with. The culture, all of that, that's D'Amico's strong suit in year one as a rookie head coach. The thing he said in that statement, this who we are identity, who they've been this year has been a team victimized by a lot of, as the kids say, Mid quarterback, I would say it's not even mid's a, mid's a compliment to these guys, right? Zach Wilson's not mid. Bryce Young is not mid. Joe Flacco was not on a team three weeks ago. He is not mid. Mid is a compliment to these fellas. That's who they've been. You would think that you would shake things up a little bit to stop having the same thing happen to you over and over again, unless you want to hear. Speaking of cliches, about the definition of insanity, <laughs> but but. You know, we could go through and say, well, Flacco was a good quarterback and Flacco still has this and that and his brain still works enough to read defenses and otherwise. But when you look at Desmond Ritter, when you look at Zach Wilson, when you look at that quality or lack thereof quality of quarterback and you don't think, hey, man, guess what? If we put a game plan together where we put him in panic mode almost every play and we say anybody else on the field, you need to beat us. You're right. In the press conferences, your Lord and Savior said, and I use the quote a lot, hey, 99% of what I tell you guys, the media is absolute BS because I don't have to tell you a thing. But in the coaches rooms during the week and in the game plan prep and, and putting the plan in action, there should be no question that you shouldn't be playing soft zone on Zach Wilson. You shouldn't be doing anything to Desmond Ritter other than saying, ball's in your hands, bro. Come beat me and beat me with my guys in your ass on every play. And they just didn't do it. That's the thing. Like, one of them beating you? Okay. Just not your day. Uh, Flacco had a you know fountain of youth moment. 
it's the list of all of the below mid quarterbacks who have just terrorized you. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game against the Texans as well. Russell Wilson's numbers compared to Lamar Jackson's numbers are like dead even. By the way, at least passing numbers. Uh, we've we've heard the news. They're not going to play on these last two games. They don't want him to get hurt and like lock in more guaranteed money. Looks like the Broncos are going to move on uh, without Russell Wilson going forward. And there are some sources and reports out yesterday that Russell Wilson is telling people he does not believe he will be with the Broncos next year. Which team wants a bigger redo? The Browns trading for Deshaun Watson, because they look pretty good with Joe Flacco, or the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson? I, I don't think, in my mind, and, and Paul, you, you have firsthand experience with Russ and, <laughs> and, and when he was actually a, a better quarterback. But when I look at this situation, that trade, as much as we like to scrutinize, and rightfully so, Bill O'Brien and some of the dumb moves that he made, that trade right there could go down as one of the worst court trades in the history of the NFL because it was one thing to make the trade. It was another thing to extend them, give them all that money as part of it, and, and, and commit yourself to dollars and years that you weren't sure that he had left in his gas tank. But you gave up a ton of assets to do so. And obviously, Sean Payton wasn't in the mix and basically is trying to protect his ass and his job because he came in going, yeah, I, I got you guys gave up picks to get me. You're paying a lot of money to keep me. But I realize if I'm going with that guy to save my job or to make myself look good, it ain't going to happen. And now that's where rubber meets the road. And you've got to decide, hey, look, if you really believe in me, then I've got to make this decision. And I know it sucks financially. And I know it sucks from a draft capital perspective. But we ain't getting any better with this dude at quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think you're you're right here. It, it's If you're between those two, it's got it's got to be the Broncos who regret this the most. Because also you have an ownership group that bought the team thinking that, oh, yeah, this is going to work out. Because Russell Wilson was aboard when they first bought the team. And then they're like, okay, well, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's the biggest boob of all time as far as head coaches in the NFL have been. Well, let's go with a guy who has been there and done that in Sean Payton, who may have been held back by his quarterback the last couple of years where he was with the New Orleans Saints. And he couldn't make it work. But to what you just said, Jeremy, statistically, this does not seem like it has been that bad of a year for Russell Wilson. He did have a couple of interceptions against the Texans, but he looks pretty solid in that game. Yeah. And it seems like this is Sean Payton being able to deflect all blame on him to Russ. And look, the Broncos, I mean, they're, they're still kind of hanging around, but they're pretty much done because of that loss that they had to the Patriots on Sunday. I, I, I do wonder at what point Broncos fans start to look at Sean Payton with a side eye. This rally that they had in the middle of the year where they started playing well all of yep. a sudden, I mean... You would think that Russell Wilson would have been a big part of that based off of those statistics. And Sean Payton's just pulling the plug and thinking Jared Stidham's giving them a better chance to win? Eh, I don't know about that. I don't believe that. No, I don't I, think so I don't, at all. Yeah. I think, well, we saw that a couple times that Payton got up in his ass on the sidelines. And, and, you know, and Russ wasn't having any of that because he's not about that life. But when you think about it, you look at the fact that I thought several times during the year that the Broncos were tanking. And obviously, Russ isn't going to tank because Russ has got money and he's trying to save his reputation by resurrecting his career. But when you look at it, when they lost five of their first six games or whatever it was to start the season, and then they started cutting veteran defensive players like Randy Gregory and other words, where you're looking at it going, oh, they're just full-blown going into get Sean Payton his quarterback and let's move forward. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, they went on that winning streak and they started getting hot. And now Peyton's in a rock and a hard place. Like, I know what I need to do to run the offense the way I want to run it and, and for the long term. But now suddenly we're winning games and I got to go for this thing and make it look like we're going to win games. And then his BS answer when to just basically say this was my decision. I had to do what I felt was best for the team at this point in the season. But, you know, I can't change all five offensive linemen and I can't change all my receivers. Come on, man. Just own yeah. it. Don't, see, I don't think this is a tank move. I think it's very clear that this no, is a get out of Russell. Yeah, not anymore. I, I, I thought that the Broncos were tanking early as well. Uh, and maybe that's a testament to Sean Payton being a pretty good coach. Maybe it's a testament to Russell Wilson having a little bit more left in the tank than any of us gave him credit for. Like, I think Russell Wilson right now today is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. And I think that the, I think the Cleveland Browns would love to have Russell Wilson right now. Now, at his cap figure, it's way too much. Like, Russell Wilson's not going to produce enough for what his cap figure is. Quite frankly, Deshaun Watson isn't either. Uh, 
I think that the Browns lose more out of this. The Browns are a 10-win team, and Deshaun Watson's given them nothing. What would Cleveland be if they had three first-round draft picks and the money that they spent on Deshaun Watson? I think the Browns lost more in the trade for Deshaun than Denver lost in the trade for Russell Wilson because Denver's ceiling was never up there. Cleveland, with a good quarterback, they're a Super Bowl team. They have a Super Bowl defense. But they're in the playoffs. Sure. And, and I mean, I, I think if you're the Browns, you don't care as much about that trade right now, even though you do look a lot like True. the Philadelphia Eagles did a couple of years ago where they had Carson Wentz. He looked like he was an MVP candidate. Obviously, Watson wasn't that. He gets hurt, and Nick Foles, of course, takes him the rest of the way. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what you're hoping for right now with Flacco. Is that going to happen? Is he going to pull 2012 out of his ass again? I don't know. But, I mean, hey, he's probably the front runner or should be the front runner for co- uh, comeback player of the year this year. DeMar Hamlin. Uh, it's so dumb that DeMar Hamlin is. I'm sorry. I, I agree with that. Well, like, you're alive. That's nice. But, and, that's but, good for us all. Come on. Uh, it's Flacco. I'd vote for Flacco for what it's Yeah, like, I would for sure. I'd, I'd vote for Flacco. Uh, call your shot. Is Russell Wilson a starter next year and where? See, I think that he will be. But this is, I, I, you know, obviously with my background, I always look for who's the OKC, who's the Sam Presti in, in this whole mess. Like, who's willing to take on Russ? to get a haul, but they don't have a whole lot of haul left to be able to give up as part of it if you take Russ off our hands or do a Rick Smith solid like the Browns did back in the day and take your mess of Brock Osweiler, but you got to pay something to make me take him, right? But I look at a team similarly to Denver. Paul, you mentioned the the Broncos and the fact that, hey, you know what, the or one of you, with the, the new ownership. Well, Washington's got new ownership. Washington's looking for a change, but they're also looking to make a splash. And the fact that... You know that Magic Johnson and everybody in that ownership group who's been very vocal about making a clean break change and really trying to upgrade everything. In the short term, if Ruscombe's got something left in the tank and you got McLaurin and you got weapons and you got some things to where at times they look like they have a lot going for them other than quarterback, but they have a young Sam Howell. Is Sam Howell the guy that the ownership wants? They know he could be the guy long term. But would he learn more kind of learning from Russ and Russ being able to take them to the next level? I, I look at Washington, I look at Atlanta, and I say those are two teams with weapons around that with an offensive line where Russ could be better than serviceable maybe. But at this point, Russ has become a game manager instead of being the guy that used to be able to win games by himself with his legs and his arm. I think that Russell Wilson could be a starting quarterback for like six to eight teams right now. I, th- I think Russell Wilson's better than I gave him credit for uh, at the start of the year. It's far, far cry from where he was and certainly nowhere near that contract. His numbers this year are very similar to Lamar Jackson, who's the betting favorite to be the MVP. A right landing spot for Russell Wilson, uh, I think he could still win some games. I think he could still be a playoff quarterback in the right situation, targets, things like that. Like, he could start in Seattle, I, I think. He could start uh, that in Seattle. Happen. That ain't he could start, I'm not saying that it would happen, but I'm just saying guys that he's better than. Sure. Uh, he's better than, than whatever they're doing in Atlanta. Is he better than Baker? Maybe there's an argument to be had there. Better than anything that's happening in Minnesota. Better than anything that's happening in Washington. Better than anything that's happening in New York. Better than anything that's happening in Las Vegas. Like That's a landing spot to me that I think would actually make some sense. Vegas as is one of the teams that he put on his list that wasn't a list that he didn't put out, which he did so much damage control after. <laughs> That that happened in Seattle. That was the worst. Like covering that and people getting mad at me because I was saying what his agent was telling people, what Mark Rogers, his agent was. But the Raiders make sense. You get to go up against the Broncos, mm-hmm. so he gets a little bit of chance at vengeance. And I mean, I know the Irish people's champion Aiden O'Connell and, and all. I mean, much better story than Tommy DeVito, but of course, anti-Irish discrimination. Um, Tommy DeVito benched. Interesting, but I, I feel like with Forget Aiden O'Connell it. and the Raiders. They beat the, forget about it. The, the Raiders beat the Chiefs without a forward pass after the second quarter that was completed. Like, <laughs> you imagine they had Russell Wilson for that game. I'm going to call the Raiders. That's going to be the team that I call with my dark horse being the Falcons. Yeah, see, I, I, the only, I said Washington. I, Sam Howell's a guy that they're going to continue to develop. I don't think so, man. I think they quit on Sam Howell. The fact that they benched him for Jacoby Brissett and his yeah. last three games have been atrocious, yeah. we don't know the situation which is going to be in Washington. The reason why I, said, I, I don't think Sam Howell will be the starter in the Washington. The reason why I said year. it was the ownership, because ownership, wants to have some control, and they want to see something change quickly. And at Sam Howell, it ain't going to change quickly. But Washington, Atlanta, you guys are right. If Pierce is the guy indeed, but anybody that has Devontae Adams and knows their offensive line is decent and and knows whether they move on from Josh Jacobs or not, they can find a running back. But if Russ has... you know, a a good line to play by and and at least one guy he could throw to, and they, they maybe have more than that, that maybe that that's another good fit. But I could see him playing again and still having something left in the tank. My wild card is wherever Belichick ends up. You interesting. You think there's a connection there? Not if Belichick goes to the Chargers. 
I, I don't know if yeah. yeah that 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 obviously it wouldn't happen there. It, it's more. I think that Belichick looks at a veteran quarterback and would want to work with that veteran quarterback more than he'd want to work with a rookie. Because, again, he's all about getting all those wins to get to Don Shula's number. Yeah. This guy says Russ to the 49ers. I don't see him giving up no on chance. Purdy, but is Russ better than Brock Purdy? No. I don't know. Like, so Denver's so, – so, I mean – Not now. In a trade, who wants that contract, though? Well, I mean, they're going to cut him. Yeah, if, they, if it's not a trade, if it's just a cut situation. Yeah, no one's going to trade for Yeah, because their cap hit is going to be massive, no one's that's trading. on them. No right. one's trading yeah, no for Russell one's Wilson. For no one's trading for Russell Wilson. 713-780-ESPN. All right, our Bad Take Boulevard uh, bracket playing down to the worst bad take of the year continues with our semifinal round next. Who moves on to the finals tomorrow? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Bad take, bad take, bad take Boulevard. All right, let's continue the bad take Boulevard bracket, which I might go former president of the United States and say that this this vote is rigged. What? For the way that it was handled last week with my first matchup. Uh, Joe did not. Joe did not do what he was going to say that he did. Yeah, it was a very close vote. I know. If it would have happened, I think that would have won. I didn't tag Salisbury and Clint Starner. And in I tweet. think if you did, I know like I was you said to. you were supposed to do, know, that would have won. I, I chicken out. I didn't, would, drink, I didn't drink enough before. Would it have won if you tagged them? Who uh, up against who? You mine? Yeah. yeah. It was a very close yeah. vote. I, I I saw the vote. It was like fifty two forty eight. I know without the tag. I think if you would have tagged them, I think that would have won. Over. I think you screwed it up. <laughs> I screw up a lot of things. I think you rigged the vote, so I moved on. In this bad take Boulevard bracket, I told him he he, he actually set it up so that he had the easy exit because there was he he had an easy way. I thought you and I, I actually said to him last week it should be set up to where you and I would end up the having the possibility of the seating wise yeah. to meet in the final mm-hmm. because it's obviously our show and and people would get more out of that. But like conference champs, because I've already owned the fact that I stand by what I said at the start of year. That's what I truly felt, so I'm not gonna. If I win, so be it. But I, I got a great chance because Texans fans vote with their get in their fields and vote. And well, I said they were going to win four games. Well, they're both Texans ones. So what we have today, we have our eight seed versus five seed. Twins fans chanting, we want Houston going against the Jimbo Fisher A&M era. That's one matchup. The other are one, we voting on that now? Or are we... They're both on there. Yeah, we're doing both semifinals today. Are we going one by one or you're setting it up? Uh, we can do one by one. Okay. So whatever y'all want to do, which one's worse? We the Twins fans or A and M? I think the Jimbo Fisher era at Texas A and M. There's no doubt about it. But they won a national championship. The, they handed them a plaque for right. it without the date on it. Right. So they did win a national championship. That's not correct. What I mean, mean, they didn't win a national. If you championship. claim a national championship, old school college football rules. That means that what, you are a national champion. Florida what, State's trying to do it already right you, now. UCF has a national championship banner. Yeah, they, they, they do claim theirs. Florida what, State's what, gonna have one. What soon year too. is A and M claiming? At some point. <laughs> At some it's point. a dream. With Jimbo or without Jimbo? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. It absolutely it's matters. It's a wishful dream in, in the eyes <laughs> of every yell leader. Every yeah, but the, leader. the last thing Dig that em. they ever could have wanted to do was put more undue pressure on a guy that got overpaid and they looked ridiculous. And then when they extended him, look even worse. I, I but, do think but the they... day you sign him, you go and do that too? But hey, at least they showed that they have the money to pay him to go away. Like that's, that, that's a flex. But Alabama flex. wasn't going away. A good flex. Yeah. I mean, Georgia wasn't going away. They were in the same mm-hmm. conference, too. Like, you knew what you were up against. The Twins, they didn't have any aspiration. I, I mean, no matter how good their team was, they, they made the playoffs. There's no way the Twins were going to win the World Series. But the last thing you want to do is poke the bear. The, the thing is, too, on, on, on that front, though, I, I'd point to, Joel, last year with, with Phillies fans. Twins fans didn't know a damn thing about baseball until they made the playoffs. <laughs> Phillies oh, fans wow. didn't know a damn thing about baseball until they made the playoffs. What? I'm not wrong. No one pays attention to their baseball team unless they're good. No one paid attention well, to here they for pay four plenty years. Of attention when you got to play games in 38 degree weather <laughs> with a snowstorm going on in the middle of an open air stadium for baseball in that neck of the woods. Poor Carlos Correa. I just want to give him like a snuggie. He ain't or something poor, like baby. That. And yeah, he's never going to be poor. I, I understand that, but I, look, I, I think that there have been so many baseball fans that have done this that against the Astros, like the Yankees fans did this mm-hmm. too. I, it's got to be A&M. It's got to be the Aggies. I, I, I'm with the Aggies here. 6927, A&M does have a 2022-23 recruiting class national championship. Mm. Here, here. So there is there is that. Whoop. So this is a close vote on the Twitter. 713-780-ESPN. Who should advance to the finals? Uh, Twins fans chanting, we won Houston, or the Jimbo Fisher A&M era. It's 5149 right now on Twitter. I can't believe it's that close. This has like... 
you know why it's close? It's because fans. it's because it's Astro sure. fans and that it's just it's just the slogan. We want Houston. Like you could put anything we want Houston and it's gonna garner a big percentage of the vote, no matter what. I mean it won the it won the tournament last year yeah. in a landslide. It wasn't even close. The Yankees fans won. Mm-hmm. I my allegiance they beat here. Jake? Yeah. Is the Jimbo Fisher A and M era, which you could hear on these airwaves the other day. I, I know, know, shocked the hell out of that me. Was weird. I said, Joe, wait a minute, am I hearing this right? Yeah. I was people were uh I think people were tweeting. I remember. I can't remember where I saw it, actually. I think somebody texted I earlier. was driving home. I texted Joe. I'm like, is that really? It was the Red Weasel. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Red Weasel. You can Weasel. say that now. It's okay. Glory. Now I can say it? Yes. Yay, me. Well, I can say it. <laughs> oh, you did. You can say it, too. I, we can all say that's it. just like I can say the left tackle for the Texans is Laramie Tunsil. I cannot. That's right. I, I cannot call him that. All right. So what were you on this, Blinkers? Were you at A&M as well? I, I thought A&M was absolutely... The, Paul's the on bigger. A&M side, So are Joe? we overruling the Twitter vote? Because I'm also yes. A&M. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got the gavel. I got the gavel. It's close enough on Twitter that I think we can do that. We, I think we're so. overruling A&M advances. I think it's A&M. A&M advances here. All right. What's the other semifinal? All Actually, right. just you and me. The 50-50. We got I saw the, the vote here. I'm running away. All right. It. Number two, Joel Blank predicting the Texans' actual pick would have been top three in 2024. Well, that's what I did. Or the three seed, Jeremy Branham. Saying on draft night with Paul Gallant. First rounder. It could be the, the worst. first day. round draft. Yeah, first round. Let's keep yes. that in mind. Yes. Let's keep in mind that this was said on the night of the first round. You yes. can't throw Tank uh, Dell into this argument. To, to Paul Gallant, he said it could be. Could be. The worst day in Texans franchise I didn't say history. it would be. That's why I, I've been making I sure to put could, could in the poll. I said it could be. I didn't say it would be. I said it could be. Yeah, you did say that. Could be. Not would be. I don't know, man. I was there sitting with you, and it felt this, like you were talking your about reaction could was be. Pearl Harbor. Could be, not would be. I think I did say infamy. Yeah. I did say You infamy. said infamy, and I was like, this isn't Pearl Harbor. Jesus. In fact, I, I think it said this could be a day that lives in Texans infamy. Well, but, see, yeah, that, that, that's what you said. So, no, it's 100% well, I'm just reading, you. I'm just reading the tweet. It's 100% you. I'm just reading the tweet. I was there, and I was, I was like, what? Wait a second. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I got a little... Uh, Little pants head from the take magnitude. I mean, like, whoa, this is this is getting this is getting frisky in here. But yeah, uh, I voted for myself. Wow, what here. a job by Casario! But if this fails, what a job by this Casario! This might be the worst day in Houston Texas oh, history. Man. Might be the worst day. I said it might be. I didn't say it was. Might be. I said it might be, and it also <laughs> might not be. Whenever you say might. <laughs> Look at you giving yourself the Look report. Look at that. No, I voted. Came, Joel's not even saying anything because he knows that you've lost. You've no. lost horribly. I'm worried that Joe's going to reverse the decision no, of the, no, 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 no. Of we're, the internet we're, on this one, too, no, because I already thought I was going to own this. This one's not close on Twitter. It's not. That I'm one was close. We were all unanimous about AM. This one's not. It's 75% voting for Jeremy. And they didn't even put the infamy part on the tweet. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it in that soundbite. Yeah. I, I must have came later. I don't Yeah. Yeah, must maybe it was. I don't remember. I do remember saying that, but I guess it was a separate thing. Franklin Delano Branham. I voted for myself. This was a bad Delano thing. or Delano. They I just, don't know. They ended okay. up with Stroud. I should have said the Will Anderson trade. Yeah. Do, you, do you think the Texans won the Will Anderson? Yeah, but you didn't like Stroud at the time. As much. I, I was indifferent. I yeah. was indifferent on Stroud because of where he came from. Nothing that Stroud did. Yeah, you you liked Will Levis. Yeah. Um, All I right. didn't want him to draft Levis at two though. Like you people, didn't want him at two? people. No, I wanted Will Anderson at two. Like people kind of misplay how what I wanted on draft day. I know. I like I'm to glad do they that. got Stroud. I'm ha- very happy they got Stroud. In hindsight, in hindsight being it is crazy how well this has worked out for them. And I mean, like Anderson's been good, but the, the Stroud he's been good. Hey, Will Anderson's been good, but would you rather have Will Anderson? Or would you rather have Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and next year's 18th pick? But would you have picked those guys with those picks? I get what you're saying. I don't know. Those are that is the legit like straight up trade with Detroit that you would right. be getting back. But look, I I think. I think with Anderson, you got a pretty good player. And I think I'll take sure. that. I'll take that. Uh, with Stroud, you rather have Anderson than Gibbs, Laporta, and next year's. I mean, that's a lot of pick. weapons, but I mean, look, I think Dalton Schultz has been playing well this year. I'd rather have Laporta than Schultz. I think the running backs for the Texans, specifically Devin Singletary. Singletary's been one of the top five running backs in the league since week 10. So, I, I mean, you, you look you, at that two combination, you can find production like that. Do you think Singletary's a top five running back in the NFL? No, but I'm saying statistically, that's what the, that's what the <laughs> evidence has shown us. And uh, I'm gonna bang the gavel again. <laughs> All right, so I moved on there. You realized my yeah, I didn't talk that, my way out of that. True no, hammer. sorry, oh, Jeremy. Yeah, I would have not. I would have been. I would have been eliminated in the first round had you drafted the tweet in the way that you said. Well, I feel like we need to have a revote. Nope. On which one? On Joe's? Easy. Vote? It's round one. 
He screwed up. He said he was going to do that. He never did it. And if he I, did I that, I would not up. have advanced. We're going back to politics to. now. Now we're we're going to question the vote. I mean, you agreed to it though. You said that if he would have if he would have put those names in, that they would have won the vote. Should I should I make tomorrow? No, you're right. I did agree. Uh, yeah, I think they would have won the vote. He he. I de- I demand a recount. I mean, misrepresenting my take. I've been accused no, of you know, getting people fired for more airtime. So bye, Paul. You you yeah. should. You you didn't yeah, know what you said you were going to do. So Joe's going to cut your mic off now. All right. So. Final results, the poll question for Jimbo versus the Twins did come 50-50. So we obviously, we, mm-hmm. we swung it the other way towards A&M. And Jeremy advances. We'll play the championship round We need tomorrow. the runoff of round one. We need a re-vote on round one. Because you didn't do what you said I'm you were going to do. It. Jeremy, if you bring Mattis Mack in right now, we, you have a chance to reverse this. There should be a recount of round one. Because Joe did not frame the vote in the way he said he was going to frame it. Joe and if, if he did frame it that way, that would have won. Zero doubt in my mind. I'm not doing it. And Joe and, and Blankers agrees. See, look, he didn't. He says he's not going to do it. I'm a coward. This is uh, this is what do we? What would uh, what would Trump say in this moment? That this vote You're is fine. like inaccurate, or what would he say? Lying I'm gonna, to judge. I'm going to take this to the courts. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. Seven one three. Hammer it for eighteen dollars fifty three cents in a rebound now. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. That's the one I used to do. <laughs> Was Joe wrong? Uh, Lamar Jackson versus Mike Florio. I love this debate. The he never played the game conversation. Like Lamar Jackson can obviously say that he he's, could win the MVP. This Not year. about me. Has won the MVP. But what is the baseline for being allowed to play the I played the game card? Where do you draw the line? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees with Paul on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage is the best Tex-Mex in Houston. Uh, in fact, that was the setting of that bad take. Uh, Valencia's has the best fajitas, enchiladas to die for, and margaritas that hit just right. How about happy hour seven days a week? Who doesn't like that? Weekend brunch deals that will blow you away. And how about a brunch on New Year's? That's right. Join Valencia's for their New Year's brunch in Penny Mimosa Refills. Penny mimosa refills at our garden oaks oak forest location brunch and penny mimosa refills every friday saturday and sunday until three but also on new year's you got to get to valencia's tex-mex garage and take advantage of their daily brunch on new year's day also if you're looking for a perfect game day spot it's fantastic big screen tvs and the games you want to watch their game day jumbo margaritas for only eight dollars one dollar off draft beer while the Texans are playing, or if you just want to hang out at home, order the Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage Fiesta Packs and Margaritas to go. Stop by Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage, Houston Garden, Oaks Oak Forest on West 34th Street, where the ice cream is free for the kids, and it's also pet-friendly. And again, get there on New Year's for the brunch and penny mimosa refills. It's going to be a great time. You're going to want to do that on New Year's Day. Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage, Tex-Mex from scratch. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. The uh, the Twitchers and the Textures want me to storm ESPN 97.5. We're already here. Now no. we just got to lock the doors. That's the next step <laughs> of the revolution. Sorry, they want me to care. storm it because I mean, Joe screwed me in the vote. Next Saturday is January 6th. We're gonna there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna storm oh, wow. the bullpen. What do you think's happening? Politics, the politics all show. What, what, what do you think's happening on January sixth? I'm gonna storm the. I'm gonna storm the ESPN 97.5 for being screwed over in the vote. Well, Jeremy, the bullpen, I would imagine, is going to be on January sixth. That's a good idea, right? True. So you can, you can, I'm gonna storm ESPN 97.5. You can yeah. actually storm Joe George. I'm gonna do it. No, 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 I'm not on that one anymore. Oh, he got he got promoted. Oh. I have the weekday one now. Uh-huh. He, uh, you know, see his, his his plan to get more and more airtime. Is it nepotism when you promote yourself? <laughs> no, it's just being a boss. It's true. Yeah, I don't like to call him that. I mean, he's technically a boss, though. Isn't I know. He? I only like to say that in a negative connotation, never in a positive connotation. He's a boss, bitch. 
<laughs> yeah. It's Queen Bee, really. That's how he got his skill. I was going to say, the Queen Bee is where it comes out where he'll give him that. Yeah. So uh, Mike Florio said some mean things about Lamar Jackson, I guess. And Lamar Jackson got back at Mike Florio. I called him Mike Flores because they won the game and they went to the podium. and it's said, racist. It's anti-Italian <laughs> discrimination. Yes, <laughs> I guess. And he said that, you know, he's not going to pay him any mind and that Florio just wanted more clicks. Of course he wanted more clicks. That's the business. And in fact, the more clicks and the more views, the more it benefits... Lamar Jackson, but that's ne- that's neither here nor there. Uh, it, it all came back to the he never played the game card, so he doesn't really know, which is always lazy. Like some of the worst takes I hear from people who played the game. Now they do provide like an interesting point of view. I think like obviously a player who played in the NFL has a very unique point of view. I think you, Paul, being a six man tap state champion, have a very unique Thanks. point of view. I think Blankers, who spent what fifteen years in the NBA, has a very unique point of view. Uh, I twenty three, but twenty three over yeah. two decades, even better. I think I have a unique point of view like being on sidelines around coaches being you know rubbing elbows with like team doctors things like that so we all have like our own unique point of view I, I don't believe in the he never played the game combo in fact we all did that you're a state champion you know blankers <laughs> was wish. a junior college pitcher junior uh, college now I'm i hit, demoted all over the place was it not juco no what was it it was it was uh, juco was division it was di- division two for baseball oh i thought it was juco no. I, I didn't know it was... Just uh, don't pay no heed to his so Division two, division two. Our, our chan- I mean, our school, our chancellor. I'm a high school do- legend. Our, so we'll get to that. Our chancellor's here, so, doing that. So we can all say this stuff. Gallant won a state champion. Blankers played Division two baseball. I hit 400 in my senior year of high school baseball. I was two for five. So we can all say that we played the game. We can all use that card. Joe played high school football, was a linebacker. We can all say the I played the game card. But what is the baseline for being allowed to use the I played the game card? Because quite frankly, I'm kidding. I can't use that card. I don't think that you can be a backup for the Dobie Longhorns and varsity when nobody has a cut. <laughs> nobody, I don't think anybody, at least my high school didn't, and I went to Humble High School, which at the time, there wasn't a Tascacita, there wasn't Summer Creek, there wasn't Kingwood Park, and we were top 10 in enrollment in the state of Texas. They didn't cut off of their football team. I don't think Texas high school football does. So, like, you can't be a backup for your high school football team and use the I played the game card. So, where is the line? When can you start using the I played the game card when can you not use the i played the you, game card you have to specifically talk about something that only a player could understand whether it's the goings-ons of a locker room or it's the perspective mm. that a player has in the middle of a play outside of that i think very often into what you said a little bit ago jeremy there's a lot of players and specifically guys who played at a very high level who graduate into the broadcasting or hot takes world and some of them half-ass it and look, I think I would too if I were in their shoes. I'm not dumping on them for it. But I think the guys who generally work harder are the ones who aren't really that memorable. You know, I I, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to, to my guy, Seth Payne, who I did a radio show with. And Seth had a 10-year NFL career. But I imagine a lot of people, if they saw Seth, they'd say, oh, does he play a sport? I'm not 100% sure. But for him, he works his ass off to show that, like, hey, yeah, I watch the game. I study the game. I'm on top of the game. And a lot of guys don't necessarily do that. I, I would point to some of the big or names like a Michael Irvin, maybe, uh, at the NFL Network. Irvin's very entertaining. Does Irvin watching every single Sunday, every single game? I'm not so sure. So I, I, I think it starts with what happened on a field and what happened in a locker room. So you're not even, it's not even a baseline for you. It's more about the perspective that they're looking at it from, which I can, I can understand that. I, I think that we're in a society these days where everybody has an opinion and, and most people are, can get access to it. And so I, I think that, to your point, Paulie, I was privy to a lot of things in practices and locker rooms and other things, and I never played the game. But I also, because of that, got very close to under you know. It got to and Jeremy, I think you can relate to this too, as well as what we did and what you continue to do, allow you to get insight and to get better understanding and knowledge of the sport played at a certain level, and in this case, at a pro football level. We talk to enough guys. We're around enough games. We, we see enough football. We, we know people that played the game and are still talking about the game or talk about it with us to the point where we're doing our jobs and we're doing research. And just because we didn't play the game at the level that a Lamar Jackson plays the game doesn't mean that we can't have the opinion and get the opinions of others, too, to formulate what we think happened or what we think of a certain play player or team. You can't just say you didn't play the game anymore because there's too many avenues to get your point across, and there's too many ways people can understand the game without having played it. I, I completely, I completely agree with all of that. But Lamar Jackson saying the, you know, I play the game. I know what I'm talking about. 
he can get by saying that. You, you might not agree. People I really have don't more agree. people agree with him. Right. We obviously have our own perspective on this, and we're probably a little bit biased because, you know, <laughs> we didn't play in the NFL. I hit 400 my senior year, Paul. Let's. Let's yeah, hit 400 my senior. Yeah, year. But we're talking baseball and here. You're so, a state champion. I'm not a state don't champion. Sell no, oh, don't sell yourself. No, no, no. I no. thought you said you were a state champion. No, all district no. safety. Come all on, district oh, safety. Six man. What, what six man? I never, never. What class the field. were you on in Florida? The, the second lowest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were good though. I've been saying that six was, man for so fun, but I wasn't far seven, off. Right? Hmm? That wasn't seven. No, on seven. On that's Iowa. <laughs> play every down, bitch. Six. Oh, they do whoa, seven whoa, man football. Whoa, 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 whoa! Now you're gonna bring the bitch into. <laughs> hey, I played. Every, I, I played sport. You play sport, Bear Bear. You play sport. <laughs> Lamar can get away with saying this because he plays football at the highest level. Like anybody in the NFL can get away with saying that. Well, I played the game, and it's automatically going to garner respect, whether we agree with it or not. Where I draw the line, though, is if like you're a backup linebacker for the three and seven. Pasadena Memorial Titans. You mm. can't say I played the game. You don't get credit True. for that. You can't be at uh, Bamble Middle School and your highest level of football is, is is eighth grade B team. You can't say I played the game. I'm with you on that front. I, I I think too when it comes to Lamar Jackson, why he's using that is he's using that to make Mike Florio mad. I specifically point to the week before where everyone was calling George Pickens out rightfully so for some of the softest BS I've ever seen and just being a diva wide receiver where he said, well, you guys aren't playing the game. We don't need to play the game to know that you didn't try there. Right. You just stood there like, around like an ass. Skip, but the Skip Baylesses of the world is one thing because all he is is clickbait, and, and that's all he wants to be. But when you look at it and say from the perspective of Skip Bayless, you're like, hoops. okay, he's just a dumbass, right? And he just wants to get under your skin so that he can get the, troll, the most. Yeah. But Florio wants to break news. Florio wants <laughs> to be, but he want he does. He he's wants a monster. But he he also wants to be your you know your premier go to or one of your premier go tos to get legit information. And that's where it gets a little bit cloudy. See, I disagree with Florio on that a little bit. I, I don't think that he's a like great newsbreaker. I think he's a doesn't great have to be great at it, but he wants you yeah. to go to him for legit news and injuries and look what they use him on NBC. He's supposed to give you the up to the minute updates on players and things, but then he also wants to be hypercritical and, and, and criticize players. And I'm sure that even NBC says, "Hey, man, if you're going to come out and be on our our national TV talking about the latest on NFL players." But then you're also going to go on your podcast and whatever, and you're going to go and, and, and have opinions like that. That's a tough line to tightrope. Well, it's getting worse and worse because access is shrinking for people that are not providing favorable coverage to partners or to players. We've never had any experience with that. Well, take, take a look at on Hard Knocks in season and the way that Tyreek Hill has been portrayed. Yeah. I mean, uh, you would think that. Tyreek Hill is a wonderful man who has not had an off-the-field incident within the past year at a yacht club. Or, or, or the other several exes that, have, babies that have a bone to pick with him. But it, this, is, this is how it goes now. And this is, this is what bothers me because, look, I, I do think Florio is, is sometimes doing what we do, trying to get the biggest reaction that he possibly can. That's his job. He, he runs a website. But I, I think the problem is like people like that. I I, I like people like that. I, I like to listen to sports conversation from people who are at the very least going to say different things, even if I don't necessarily agree with them. Even if sometimes they're doing it for the sake of shock value. But I think we're getting closer and closer to a point where everyone just wants to you know hold hands together and sing kumbaya so that, and kiss the ass of those who are in a place of power, whether it's an organization or a player. That's why you appreciate. And I'm not a member of the media, but I'm a creator. I'm an influencer, content creator, I'm a sports entertainer, new TikToker. Nice. Uh, I'm not allowed to have to. I'm just kidding. You're not allowed. <laughs> Jeremy doesn't need a bikini. I don't. To uh, be a, I'm always the. Influencer. I'm always That's the latest to things. I'm yeah. always. I was the latest. Of, I was the last of Facebook. I was the last of Twitter. The last. Of, I just post to Instagram. I don't. I don't ever go on it. I'm not cool enough to have a TikTok. I'm really not. I, I don't either. I'm not cool enough. And yeah. Facebook's just friends and family. And Twitter, sense. obviously, because of what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not you're all over the place. You're like manure. They just you just. Ooh. You yeah. just spread it out. All no, over. you just got to throw it. You just got to throw the poop everywhere you can. You know, I'm a, ooh, ah, that's, is, that's me. Next thing you know, you're going to be an anchor in a top four city in the country. I would, I would hope so. This is what happens. I got to do stick, makeup uh, while I'm getting ready for the show. This is what happens when they takes. stick a uh, stick all of us together and we have a three-man show is that we're very late to break. Uh, how do you feel about Welcome the narrative the going around that t- Texans Colts will be for all the marbles? That's right. You're hearing a narrative that it's going to be for all the marbles when the Texans and Colts play, at least the AFC South marbles. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Beast with Paul on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.